So that, that video is um, our new PSA and um, highlights our campaign about rising. And so that's the theme of my remarks today. It's really the um, theme of Media Day, is the ascension and the momentum that we have in the Sunbelt Conference. So I welcome you all to beautiful New Orleans. Um, so for the 2023 Sunbelt Football Media Days. So today as the sun rises, over the Crescent City, we rise together to celebrate our shared success and launch the 2023 football season. With only 38 days until Georgia State lines up against Rhode Island on Thursday, August 31st, this gathering of head football coaches, football student athletes, and media is the perfect opportunity to kick off what will be the most exciting and successful Sunbelt football season ever. As I approach the podium, my walk-up music, Rapper's Delight by the Sugar Hill Gang, filled the room. I was seven years old when this song first dropped, and I thought it was amazing. Rapper's Delight sampled a little Curtis Blow, combined a little funk, and some hip-hop. Hearing this iconic song today brings back wonderful childhood memories and reminds me of the value and importance and impact of music. Every time I hear the song, it brings a smile to my face and makes me want to rise. A perfect anthem for Sunbelt Football Media Day. Over the next two days, you will have the opportunity to engage the head football coaches, football student athletes from all 14 Sunbelt member institutions. Today, we will showcase the Sunbelt West Division. Its top two teams combined for 22 wins last season. And tomorrow, we will showcase the Sunbelt East Division, regarded by some independent media as the strongest non-autonomy division in FBS. In addition, Sunbelt Coordinator of Football Officiating, John McDade, will review new rules for the 2023 football season and provide valuable insights into the complex nature of college football officiating at the highest level. His presentation will also give you an understanding of the intricate topics discussed during the weekly Monday officiating reviews that he, Kathy Keene, Travis Llewellyn, and I have during the regular football season. To the media in attendance, we appreciate you taking the time to be with us today in this fantastic city to celebrate Sunbelt football. You have been essential to our rise over the last two decades. In addition to interacting with Sunbelt coaches, players, administrators, and staff, we hope you find time to enjoy the best food and music in the world over the next two days in New Orleans. I'm pleased to announce that for 2024 and 2025, Sunbelt Football Media Days will once again be held in this great city. The 2024 event will be July 23rd and 24th, and the 2025 kickoff will be July 22nd and 23rd at the New Orleans Marriott Warehouse Arts District Hotel. We are excited to host this event in this great city for another two years. Also, thank you to our loyal fans watching us live via ESPN+. You always rise to support us. We are proud to produce this event in the Sunbelt Conference Bank Plus Studio in the Superdome. This year, we will produce more than 100 events in our studio. Please know that we appreciate your support and strive to provide you with top quality contents across our spectrum of events. 
As I stand here feeling the energy and absorbing the excitement in the room, it feels like Christmas in July. But this would not be the case without the tremendous planning and execution of this event by the Sunbelt Conference staff. We are fortunate to have an excellent staff, and I want to take a moment to acknowledge them and the hard work required to make this event second to none. I also want to thank the Sunbelt Conference member institutions, presidents, chancellors, directors of athletics, coaches, administrators, faculties, and student athletes for their dedication and commitment to excellence. The Sunbelt is rising. It is essential to honor the hard work of individuals past and present who laid the foundation on which our current success is built. Without them, we would not have risen to where we are today. First and foremost, we honor the current Sunbelt football coaches and student athletes that are in attendance for our football media days. Your commitment on and off the field is the primary reason the Sunbelt continues to rise. Thanks to you, the 2022 season was an extraordinary football year for the Sunbelt, and the future is bright. At this time, I would like to take a moment to applaud your efforts. Let's give a round of applause to all of our football coaches and student athletes. Our current coaches and student athletes were left a solid foundation to build on by those who preceded them, such as former Georgia Southern football head coach and two-time National Coach of the Year, Paul Johnson. Coach Johnson will be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame this December. He achieved an impressive record of 62 wins in five seasons at Georgia Southern. During this time, Georgia Southern won two national championships and five conference championships while making the NCAA playoffs each year he was the head coach. Please join me in a round of applause honoring Coach Paul Johnson as a 2023 College Football Hall of Fame inductee. Thank you, Coach Johnson, for playing a crucial role in the rise of Georgia Southern and Sunbelt football. In addition, as we look to the future, we should take a moment to recognize former Sunbelt Commissioner Wright Waters and the presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors that made Sunbelt football possible. Wright Waters served the Sunbelt from 1999 to 2012, and it was his vision for Sunbelt football that allow us to gather today. The inaugural Sunbelt football season was 2001, and over 20 years later, we have grown into a conference that has multiple nationally recognized programs posting double-digit wins annually and teams regularly ranked in preseason and postseason polls. It has been a credible rise, ride for the Sunbelt football, and the best is yet to come. We owe this rising momentum to individuals like Paul Johnson and Wright Waters, who had the vision, dedication, and passion to put Sunbelt football on a solid foundation. We are truly thankful to all those before us who contributed to our current success. The Sun Belt is rising. Last year, we welcomed four new members to the Sun Belt Conference. The expansion process began with our current members at the time expressing their 100% commitment to the Sun Belt and ended with four exceptional schools joining those 10. This recognition by 14 outstanding schools that the Sun Belt is rising resulted in what may have been the best season in the history 
of Sunbelt football. Last season, in weeks one and two, Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech, Marshall won on the road at Notre Dame, App State won on the road at Texas A&M, and Georgia Southern won on the road at Nebraska. Last season, our top three teams combined for 31 wins. Troy finished the season ranked in the top 20 and currently has the second longest winning streak in the country behind Georgia. App State hosted ESPN College Game Day, and Troy finished the year as one of two two-loss teams from an FBS non-autonomy conference. The Sun Belt had a more than 50% increase in representation on all American teams. The Sun Belt had a record number of teams participate in postseason bowl games. In addition to these accomplishments from the 2022 season, the new 14-team Sun Belt also continued to build on a history of excellence. Since the inception of the college football playoff in 2014, the Sun Belt leads FBS with a 614 bowl winning percentage. Since 2020, just 10 FBS programs have won more than 75% of their games, and the Sun Belt is tied with the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 with two teams on that list. Coastal Carolina is 31 and, 31 and 9 with an 816 winning percentage over that time, and Louisiana is 29 and 9 with a 763 winning percentage over that time. The Sun Belt has had multiple 10-win teams for five straight seasons. The Sun Belt has had a team ranked in the final CFP rankings for four straight seasons. While football media days are an excellent opportunity to celebrate the accomplishments of our football programs, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge the success of our other sports. The Sun Belt had a banner year in 2022 and 23. We had four top 100 net men's basketball teams and multiple NCAA championship teams in baseball, softball, men's soccer, and men's golf. Also, Troy was one of two FBS teams, FBS schools, to win at least 12 football games, 20 men's basketball games, and 40 baseball games, while Louisiana was one of only 12 FBS schools to earn a bowl or NCAA championship opportunity in the sports of football, men's basketball, softball, and baseball. Today is a day to honor football, but our mission as a conference is to be relevant and rise in every sport we sponsor. Looking forward to 2023, our competitive success and momentum have positioned us for great expectations. We expect, we expect to be the best non-autonomy FBS conference and earn a spot in a New Year's Day Bowl or the college football playoff. Those are our ultimate goals each season, and we will not shy away from those great expectations. While success on the field has fueled the momentum of the Sun Belt, regional rivalries are our foundation. Those rivalries are a critical part of our conference DNA and differentiate the Sun Belt from many other leagues. The Sun Belt Conference is 14 universities and 10 contiguous states. The conference presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors thoughtfully assembled a conference with compelling matchups, passionate fan bases, winning football traditions, and competitive games. And we all rise together. The carefully constructed design of the Sun Belt has paid dividends on the field and with college football fans. Last year, 35 million people watched Sun Belt football on television. 
close to a 100% increase over the previous year. The Sunbelt is rising. While Sunbelt momentum has been fueled by quality leadership, winning on the field, and a winning membership structure, there are three external partners that are indispensable to our long-term success. Our media partner ESPN, the college football playoff, and our bowl partners. We are thankful for our partnership with ESPN and the support that they provide. ESPN has been with us every step of the way during this tremendous period of growth for the Sun Belt. This year, the Sun Belt Conference football championship game will be broadcast on either ABC or ESPN, another piece of evidence that the Sun Belt is rising. On behalf of the entire Sun Belt family, I want to thank Nick Dawson, ESPN Senior Vice President of College Sports Programming Acquisitions, and the entire ESPN college football team for their support of the Sun Belt Conference. We look forward to continuing and growing our excellent relationship. As a member of the college football playoff, the Sun Belt enjoys a seat at the table and is afforded an opportunity to compete at the highest level of college football. As the CFP grows and expands, so do the opportunities for Sun Belt football. The Sun Belt is excited about CFP expansion that is scheduled for the 2024 season and what it means for our rising football programs. I would like to take a moment to acknowledge College Football Playoff Executive Director Bill Hancock. In June, Bill announced that he will be retiring from his role with the CFP. I first met Bill when we worked together at the NCAA when I was an intern and he was a director in the men's basketball staff. I got to know him because we both worked out in the mornings so we would see each other and chat in the NCAA locker room when we were getting ready for work, three or four times a week. Bill is an absolutely wonderful person and his leadership will be missed. He has done so much on behalf of college football, college basketball, and college sports in general. We all owe Bill our thanks and gratitude for his work with the BCS, the CFP, and the Final Four. We have two years to honor his service and contributions, but I did think it was important that we recognize him at this event celebrating Sunbelt football. While the CFP is our ultimate goal each year, our conference bowl partners are key to our success as a football league. We currently have five outstanding bowl partners, RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, the 68 Ventures Bowl, the Camellia Bowl, the Cure Bowl, and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Last year, we had a record seven teams participate in postseason bowls. The Sun Belt continues to explore options to expand our number of bowl partners to accommodate our rising success and the growth of our conference. The Sun Belt will look to add two to three primary bowl partners in the not too distant future and will continue to work with the NCAA to expand our opportunities to engage with primary bowl partners before the end of the current bowl cycle. The Sun Belt is rising. The majority of the next two days will focus on the athletic side of college sports. However, we must continue to remind people about the value of education and a college degree. We must advise and teach young people the value of the opportunity to change their trajectory in life. This is what college sports does. Most student athletes will not make life-changing money through NIL or becoming professional athletes. They will achieve their maximum value by earning their college degree. Educating and graduating students is the most important thing that we do. We are preparing young men and women with the life skills to rise, to thrive, and to achieve their dreams. As a first-generation college graduate, this commitment is personal to me. It is why I got into higher education in the first place. Last year, NCA member schools 
provided more than $4 billion in scholarships to student athletes, and Sunbelt institutions provided almost $100 million, which is about 3,100 full scholarships to the more than 6,700 Sunbelt student athletes. As we think about winning and national rankings, name, image, and likeness, and the transfer portal, we cannot forget the most important outcomes of the collegiate experience for a student athlete are the education they receive, the grad graduation, and their personal growth. Despite some of the challenges and trouble, all of us who work in college athletics should be proud of our investment in the lives of students and the positive results from those efforts. The key to maximizing these goals for our student athletes and guiding us through a new era of complex legal proceedings and NCA changes will be new NCA President Charlie Baker. Sunbelt presidents, chancellors, and athletic directors had the opportunity to visit with President Baker a few months ago. He is off to a really good start, and I'm encouraged by his leadership and his approach, and I'm optimistic that he can steer the NCA through the current web of issues and help create a stronger and more effective NCAA. One of the most problematic issues that we and President Baker must work towards is a resolution on name, image, and likeness. We need a congressional solution for NIL. The various differing state laws do not work effectively and have created a system that is not sustainable. We need a solution that will bring transparency to the marketplace and provide a package of consumer protections to student athletes and their families from sometimes illegitimate, fraudulent, and misleading offers that result in harm and not benefiting the student athletes and their families. A federal law that blocks state legislatures from trying to outdo other states with laws that effectively reduce accountability and create more opportunities for abuse is really important. NIL should not be about pay to play and inducements and any federal bill should affirm the prohibition in recruiting inducements and boosters taking a role in the recruitment of student athletes. We must also work together to protect the integrity of the game and limit the influence of gambling. From a competitive standpoint, there's nothing more important than ensuring fair competition and integrity of contest and the proliferation of gambling can really pose a risk to these efforts. We can successfully work through these issues and rise together. It has been a pleasure this morning being with you to share our success and story and our momentum with you. As we begin two days celebrating Sunbelt football, the Sunbelt Conference has never been stronger. Thank you for your support and for being with us for Sunbelt Football Media Days. We are 14 universities in 10 contiguous states, and we are rising. I will open the floor for any questions. Thank you, Commissioner. We'll now take questions for Commissioner Gill. And for those of you in the room, if you have a question, we ask you to please raise your hand and wait for a microphone to come to you. And we would ask you to please state your name and your media affiliation before asking your question. And for those of you watching in on Zoom, we ask you to please type your questions into the chat room and I will read those aloud. So any questions for Commissioner Gill from here in the room? Right over here. Hey, Commissioner Jarvis Heron with WHSV TV in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I wanted to ask you about James Madison and their impact, um, immediate impact, if you will, in the Sunbelt Conference and just kind of what that means for them going forward uh, as they are still in that transition period. It seems like they're 
in a way set up well with the college football playoff expanding next year? I just want to see if you could expand kind of on the impact they've made on the conference. Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, we are so excited to have James Madison in the league. Um, and if you think about their first season um, in the league from a football standpoint, being ranked, um, finishing with the best conference record on the Eastern Division, um, they really had an unbelievable year in football and then across all their sports, you know, winning the championship, Sunbelt Championship in volleyball, also winning the Women's Basketball Championship. So um, James Madison is well positioned, um, certainly from my time in D.C. and Virginia. I had a chance to watch their development and, and watch that growth. And um, we can't be um, more happy um, with their impact on our league and the future for them is bright. And as they grow, this conference will grow. Commissioner Gill, Cap Chardella, Win Now or Gimpit podcast in San Marcos, Texas. Right now, the Sun Belt's at 14 teams. Are there any plans in the future to maybe expand? Are you happy with 14? And what do things like the playoff expansion do for the conference? Yeah, no, that's a good question. You know, I'll, I'll start with the, the playoff expansion question first. That is tremendous for our conference. You know, at the end of the day, you know, everyone wants an opportunity to compete for a national championship. That's why we suit up. I think if you look last year um, at what we did against A5 competition with wins over Notre Dame and Texas A&M and Nebraska and also Virginia Tech, we proved we can play with anyone. And so we think that the college football playoff is going to be outstanding for us and create some opportunities for us to get a berth in there and actually do some damage and win some games once we, once we get there. So we're, we can't be excited enough for that opportunity for our, our programs, particularly our coaches and our student athletes to compete for a national championship. So very excited when the expansion comes in 2024. I think with regards to the Sun Belt, you know, we are really happy with our membership. You know, 14 teams is, is, is perfect for us. Um, really like the commitment to success that our teams bring. Obviously, this regional footprint has been really important, establishing some great rivalries across all our sports. So we are really content and feel good about where we are, and we don't have any um, plans um, to expand. You know, that being said, you know, college athletics moves fast, you know, and, and so um, a lot of um, external factors can impact your decisions. So I think we're always kind of, um, you know, evaluating opportunities and, and certain if we've find an opportunity that we think makes some sense, we're certainly open to having those conversations. But we, we're not searching for a certain number of teams, but we feel really good about 14. We feel really good about the 14 we have and certainly don't anticipate any changes um, in the near future. Commissioner, since you were mentioning Texas State, I have a Zoom question. If you had any reaction to the big fundraising and capital campaign projects underway at Texas State, for football, baseball, and softball. This from Jacob Rodriguez of the Squaring Around podcast. Yeah, you know, we're really excited. You know, I was just talking to um, Coach Kenny before um, I came up here about the momentum that they've had, um, particularly around their end zone project and, um, and what that's going to mean for their football support and also for their stadium and their feel. Um, obviously, great baseball and softball traditions, so really excited about, about those projects. And, you know, make no mistake about it, you know, the Sun Belt, it, football is really important to us, but so are baseball and softball. And those investments are really important. We've been working over the last year, year and a half on a um, strategic plan for baseball and softball and improvements there. And our schools continue to invest in those sports. So we are certainly really excited about the momentum that Texas State has in their facilities. 
Um, and, um, and I can't wait, you know, when I get on campus there um, this fall to kind of see some of that progress. Hi, uh, Jackson Hepner from the Breeze JMU student newspaper. Um, you mentioned in your opening statement about um, the East Division and just sort of the, uh, the competitiveness of that. But I want to ask you a little bit about sort of the West, you know. The West Division kind of came out of nowhere last year and it was able to produce some pretty, some very high quality teams, including Troy, who managed to win the championship. You know, was that, did you sort of expect that? Like, what were your kind of thoughts on, you know, Troy and also like teams like South Alabama kind of being able to, you know, take a much bigger jump than we were expecting? Yeah, you know, I really did, you know. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, last year the East got a lot of focus, um, but I, I really don't think that the West really came out of nowhere because if you think about the team, Louisiana had won the, um, the conference championship before that, and they had 13 wins that season before. Um, obviously, you know, South and um, Troy have had some coaching changes, but they really had, you know, made some good strides. So, and in terms of how they were defensively. So I think the West had shown certainly a lot of strength with Louisiana's success. And, um, and, and that really isn't, that really wasn't surprising. And if you look at the West this year, it is gonna be a knockdown drag out, you know, in terms of, you know, the quality of teams there, you know, um, preseason poll has Troy and South kind of right there. If you think about their game last year, I think that score was maybe 10 to six or something really close. It was a one score game. You would expect that again. Um, obviously, you know, Louisiana came on um, with that new coaching staff and they'll, they'll certainly be um, kind of right there. Um, Southern Miss, you know, um, bringing Frank Gore back and the great job that Coach Hall has done and then Coach Kinney and kind of that explosive offense that he's going to bring from bring to Texas State. So when you look across there, you know, and, and, and see kind of um, there's a lot of competition there, you know, and um, and so I'm looking forward to it. You know, when I go to Monroe, they're going to I know they're going to be competitive. They're always in every game. And so the West is is really difficult. I think the East gets a lot of the scrutiny. Um, but I, I think the West is, is, is just as challenging. And I think if you ask any of those Western coaches, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll say that, you know. I mean, I think, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing when I get to Arkansas State, you know, Coach Jones is a tremendous coach, done a really good job. And, um, and so there, there are going to be no gimmies in the West. There are no, no gimmies in the East. That's what this conference is, you know, every Saturday. If you don't show up and play your best game, you're going to lose. And, um, and that's whether you're playing in the East or you're playing in the West. So thank you for the question. Hey, Craig Stevenson from AL.com. Um, some other conferences and some other sports within your conference have done away with divisions. Do you envision that happening in football in the Sun Belt at any point? You know, I, I do not, you know, and, um, and, and so, and I, I would never say never. Um, I like to consider myself someone who is open to suggestions and consideration and change, so I would never say never. But, you know, we, the, the conference, the foundation of the conference is really on regional rivalries. And so everything that we can do to promote playing those regional rivalries, playing those historic rivalries are really important. And divisions do that. And divisions really accentuate that and, and make sure that you're playing teams that are closer to you, that you have some traditional kind of um, history with. So I would anticipate that I don't, anticip I don't anticipate any changes um, to that and think it's a really foundation, a core of who we are. 
Um, but I will say that, you know, we're obviously open-minded, and if we see some data or some information that, that makes us think we should change, whether it's for access to CFP or something like that, we would certainly be open to that. But we feel really good about the divisions. We feel really good about what that's meant for our conference, and, um, and we certainly look forward to kind of continuing that in the, in the future. Luke Creasy with the Herald-Dispatch in Huntington. Um, you mentioned the, the geographic footprint that the conference has now with the addition of the schools last year. Um, you know, combine that with the uh, push for branding that you guys did as far as marketing goes. Do you think um, that has something to do with the increased viewership and, you know, just the overall uh, marketability of the conference? Um, and, and how do you maybe look to, to, to continue to improve that um, as you go on this year? Yeah, you know, I think everything matters, right? So I think all the things that you mentioned in terms of, you know, the regional rivalries, the fact that, you know, all of our schools really care about sports. It matters to them. Um, it's mattered to them throughout their history. That matters. The investment matters. Winning matters. Um, I do think our brand strategy complements all that and, and also matters in, in terms of those things. Um, our partnership with ESPN matters in terms of visibility. So I think, um, I, I really do think it's a kind of a multi-pronged approach to increasing the visibility um, of the league. But I also think you gotta have success, you know? And, and so I really tip my hat to our coaches and, um, and our players, and also the presidents and chancellors and ADs who kinda um, do all the planning to, to do those things. But the coaches and players have gone out there and really executed, you know? And you really can't, if you think about our first three weeks of the season last year, in terms of, you know, we can have the greatest brand strategy in the world, but beat Virginia Tech, you go to week two on the same day, you beat Notre Dame, Texas A&M, Nebraska, and then week three you have game day at one of your um, at one of your um, campuses. And so I, I think when those things happen, so winning obviously helps, and um, and great student athletes and great coaches make that. So I really do think it's a good team effort of um, of factors that really have helped us raise our vis visibility and um, and all those things. Um, you know, we need to continue to. Um, parlay those things, whether it's, you know, the billboards in Times Square last year, you know, after we have success, thinking of innovative ways that we can take our message really across the country, not just in our region, but also in other regions of the country, and we've got a great branding and communication staff to do that. So I think we do have strategies that, you know, we try to activate to be ready for success, um, but, you know, we also have to have something to, to sell as well. So I think all those things kind of combine and have been really helpful to us, certainly over the last four to five years.